Les Enfants de la Bohème, The Many Isms of Bohemianism. Part 5 of Bohemianism, a podcast series from theparisproject.net. I'm Roger Mummert. Bohemianism is a grand mère to many other isms, some that embrace bohemian values, others that passionately oppose them. A list of bohemianism-isms is long, but here are a choice few. Bouzingoism. The first era of bohemianism, called Le Petit Cénacle, practiced extreme romanticism. The next iteration, Les Bouzingos, took the notion of extreme to extremes. Their aim was to frighten the bourgeois by acting like noisy animals, barbarians, primitives. They hosted naked parties, drank wine out of human skulls, and danced with the fervor of the possessed. Their raucous behavior, shocking in civil modern society, influenced Dadaism and Surrealism a century later. Dandyism. Another early bohemian spin-off was dandyism, the stylized striking of an aristocratic pose. Baudelaire was a dandy. He wore luxurious clothing as a discordant expression of contempt for bourgeois luxuries. If it sounds odd and ironic, it was, and the appearance of dandies on the streets of Paris was shocking. Parnassianism. Parnassianism embraced art for art's sake and rejected the political concerns and sentimentality of the Romantics. Its leading light was Théophile Gautier, who glorified the muses of Greek mythology, whose home was Mount Parnassus, hence the name. Parnassian writers included Le Comte de Lille and José Maria de Heredia, whose work was published in La Parnasse Contemporaine. The journal had three issues in 1866, 1869, and 1876, a leisurely bohemian publication schedule. Anti-Bohemianism Edmond and Jules de Goncourt were writers, critics, and prime commentators on the 19th century French literary and artistic world. They despised Bohemianism with a fervor that came to be called anti-Bohemianism. The Goncourts were an oddity, inseparable brothers who wrote together, never spent a day apart, and are buried in the same grave in Montmartre. They were sympathetic to the aristocracy and nostalgic for the ancien regime. They lambasted the poverty and grunge of bohemians in Le Journal de Goncourt, which they launched in 1851 and published for decades. The Goncourts embraced naturalism in literature and chronicled the rise of Impressionism and Art Nouveau. Their novel, Manette Salomon, is based on their friend Alexandre Pouthier, a painter whom they ridiculed as having stayed too long in Bohemia. Cubism, Dadaism, Surrealism, these 20th century art movements all contained elements of Bohemianism in their rejection of conventions and embrace of poverty. Artist studios were scattered around Montparnasse, as were the cafés frequented by artists and writers. Many lived at La Ruche, a residence called the Beehive, after its circular design by Gustave Eiffel. Among those who called it home, Guillaume Apollinaire, Max Jacob, Blaise Sandra, Max Pechstein, and Robert Delaunay. The flame of bohemianism in Paris also attracted artists from around the world, Picasso from Spain, Modigliani from Italy, Man Ray from the U.S., Constantine Brancusi from Romania, Marc Chagall from Russia, and Diego Rivera from Mexico. The Lost Generation 
Gertrude Stein ap applied the term the lost generation to the mostly American expatriates who filled her parlor at 27 Rue des Fleurus in Montparnasse in the early 20th century. These same bohemia seekers filled the literary bookstores and salons of Sylvia Beach, Shakespeare and Company, and Adrien Monnier, La Maison des Amis des Livres. In the 1920s and 30s, a round of neo-bohemians flocked to Montparnasse. Some seemed to be living in art-obsessed second childhood. Henry Miller was one. He was in his 40s, an escapee from marriage and fatherhood, when he merrily bummed around Paris in the 1930s with neither a sou in his pocket nor a care in his heart. His Tropic of Cancer, 1934, begins, I have no money, no resources, no hopes. I am the happiest man alive. Textbook Bohemian. Yiddish Bohemians. In the 1920s, Paris saw an influx of Jewish artists and writers from Eastern Europe. They assembled in Montparnasse, speaking and writing in their Mamalashen, or mama, mother tongue, of Yiddish. Gathering places, Café Domes Neil and the Triangle Press and Bookstore. Among those seen there were Marc Chagall, Chaim Soutin, and Shalom Ash. Subisms of Bohemianisms. There were many. Lettrism a symbol-based philosophy spun off from Dadaism. Situationist international movement, again, a Dadaist spin-off with a Marxist critique of capitalism and a focus on the social spectacle. Nouvelle Vague and the New Wave Cinema, Godard, Rivette, Truffaut, they all rejected the language and narrative structures of conventional cinema the way that Bohemians rejected bourgeois values and comforts. All of these isms, boho at their core. Now here's a brief look at the spread of bohemianism from Paris to the world at large. Yankee bohos. In New York, Bohemia had caught fire by the 1850s. The gathering place was Pfaff's beer cellar in Greenwich Village. Walt Whitman quaffed a pint there, as did Henry Clapp Jr., the king of Bohemia, who founded the Saturday, Saturday Press and helped to launch Mark Twain's career by publishing his short story, The Celebrated Jumping Frog of Calaveras County, in 1865. In fact, Mark Twain, Bret Hart, and a few other writers had formed a Bohemian circle in San Francisco by 1863 while they waited out the Civil War far away from the front lines. The Bohemian Club was founded in San Francisco in 1872, though the term was synonymous then with journalists. This gentleman's club still exists, and it holds encampments for members, all male and mostly wealthy, at the Bohemian Grove in Sonoma County, north of San Francisco. Well, back to New York. Greenwich Village Bohemianism raged in the 1920s. Maxwell Bodenheim was that era's king of the Greenwich Village Bohemians. Bodenheim was a celebrated author, but he fell into drunkenness and vagrancy, and in the end he was murdered in a flophouse. New York's bohemian historic sites abound. The White Horse Tavern, the Cherry Lane Theater, the Chelsea Hotel. In the 1940s and 50s, there were Greenwich Village and, in San Francisco, North Beach beatniks. Allen Ginsberg, William S. Burroughs, Jack Kerouac, and the folk singers of McDougal Street, Dave Van Ronk and Bob Dylan, they sipped espresso in cafes that looked Parisian right down to the tiny chairs and tables. And in the 60s and 70s, Andy Warhol's factory with its colorful hangers-on, John Giorno, Ultraviolet, Lou Reed, and the Fugs, 
This was followed by punk, CBGBs, Max's Kansas City, and later the grunge bands of Seattle. Bohemians, all of them. English Bohemians. Bohemianism took root in England, as reflected in a number of literary works. Trilby, an 1894 novel by Georges de Maurier, portrays a trio of English artists who live a bohemian life in Paris. Bohemian in London was a 1907 guidebook by Arthur Ransom. It described artistic life in Chelsea, Hampstead, and Soho. And in 1933, George Orwell published Down and Out in Paris and London, describing his bohemian days in the two cities in the 1920s. Mexican Bohemians. Diego Rivera studied in Paris, then returned home to preach bohemian art and politics among a circle of artists in the Coyoacan neighborhood of Mexico City. Other bohemian artists in his circle were Frida Kahlo and Tina Modotti, and Trotsky was a comrade. Today, the neighborhoods of Coyoacan and the Condesa and the Roma are all described as bohemian. Real estate speak for colorful and gentrified and all within the millennial travel bubble. Other bohemian colonies arose around the globe. There was Shanghai bohemianism in the 20s and 30s. In Sydney, Australia, there were libertarians in the 50s and revolutionaries of the 60s with bohemian roots. There was Goa, India, with the Beatles, famously, and Phuket, Thailand, where backpacking hippies sought bohemia on the beach. Finally, we have bobos, or bourgeois bohemians. This contemporary usage, an ironic oxymoron, was coined by David Brooks in Bobos in Paradise in 2000. He defines bobos as an elite, educated class experiencing an anxiety of abundance. The term bobos has international applications, but in Paris, it is characterized by the well-off but socially concerned progressive who rides a bike to a protest against the development of luxury housing that threatens a neighborhood's true bohemian nature.